Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. We're your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Dr. Patrick Berger about leadership and connection culture. Dr. Patrick Brigger, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hey, John. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, we've been preparing for this episode for a while. You're joining us from Switzerland. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about leadership and connection culture. I really like this idea of connection culture and what we can do as leaders to help uh, support that, to develop that, maintain and sustain it. So that's what we'll be exploring together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Patrick's bio with everybody. Patrick Brigger has a doctorate from École Polytechnique Fédérale de Lucerne. He worked as an associate and later head of department at the Signal Processing Research Unit of the National Institutes of Health from 1995 to 1998. In 1999, alongside Thomas Bergen, he co-founded Get Abstract, now the world's leading provider of compressed knowledge. In 2005, the duo moved to Miami to, to develop Get Abstract in the U.S. And today, Patrick manages operations from the headquarters in Lucerne, Switzerland. In his free time, he is a passionate sailor and an aviator and enjoys playing tennis with his three sons and dancing with his wife. That is all beautiful. Such a, a rich background. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me and have a nice conversation today. Anything else you would like to highlight from your background or personal context before we dive on in? Well, that was pretty long. I think the most important things are <laughs> I have three kids and an entrepreneur with uh, the DNA of an engineer. <laughs> yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so why, why don't you start actually by just telling us a little bit about Get Abstract? Um, like I said, the world's leading provider of compressed knowledge. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what you're doing at Get Abstract and why you're delving into this space. Uh, you you have your own podcast. Uh, 
you're, you're doing work around leadership and connection culture. Uh, why, why are you involved in this work? Uh, we have a simple credo, uh, which is know better, do better. So we mean by that, if you take the right content and you carefully select it and curate it to the specific strategies of a company, uh, and then uh, curate the content in such a way that it sticks to your brain, then you can apply it in your life and in your business uh, every day. In other words, uh, learn it and then put it into action. And that's what we're here for, trying to find all the best content and make it available so you can really use it in what you do. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Very good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this idea of connection culture? I was intrigued when we were preparing for the episode and and I saw some of the materials that were sent over uh, in preparation. This idea of connection culture kind of came out to me. Uh, what what do you mean by that connection culture? And then we can start to talk about how we can work on developing that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, um, let, we, we had a client, Eon, which is a, a, one of the largest energy providers in, in Germany. And well, actually, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to tell the name, but it's already done. So sorry about that. <laughs> But I, I don't think it matters. But so for this company, as well as for many others, they work globally with uh, other companies in other areas. So for instance, um, so companies that are in Germany work and acquire companies, for instance, in Spain. So here you have the Northern uh, people with Northern uh, cultures trying to work together with people in the South where they have a fiesta between two and five in the afternoon. Plus, they speak a different language. And when you do mergers that are very expensive, connecting the two cultures together all of a sudden becomes something that's very, very important. And today in the world, um, a world that is you know, increasingly flat because we can, like you are in, in Salt Lake City, I'm in Lucerne, it's not a problem. We can talk with each other. Yeah. It's becoming so easy to connect. Um, it's important to understand how people tick, how they function, because sometimes you think something is normal and I think is strange and vice versa. And when you know where the other one is coming from, you can work together just much more efficiently and, 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 and better. And yeah. 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 That's wonderful. And you're right. We, we're in an increasingly interconnected world uh and we have more and more distributed teams uh, technology really aids in this but it's it's not new i mean we we've been working with distributed and and some somewhat remote at least teams for decades and it's only gotten easier and easier and better and better to be able to do that uh, effectively and so with this flat world this interconnected world we're we're trying to create this connection culture and and be with each other in meaningful ways in ways that are more complicated uh, than they were before, because it's not like, you know, I'm in Salt Lake city. Um, we have lots of diversity here. Uh, we, you know, like any big city, we have lots of diversity people from all over the world that live here and work here. Uh, it's not hard to get diverse teams together and do some cool stuff, but it's, it's still hard to get a team to connect with each other, to understand each other, to mesh with each other, et cetera. Right. But we're in person and, and, it's still a challenge uh, to do that, but you start to think about doing this now 
where I have, you know, you're in Switzerland, I'm in Salt Lake City, we have someone in South America, we have someone in Southeast Asia, et cetera. And you start to have these teams that are across geographic um, borders that are in different time zones that have vastly different cultures uh, in their day to day. And, and now you're trying to bring everyone together to have a common understanding, a common goal, a common purpose, uh, to be able to move the team, to move the organization forward. And that really can be challenging. It's a great opportunity. Uh, I love that we can connect in this way, um, but to connect in meaningful ways, not just via Zoom, but to actually learn about each other, understand each other, be able to work with each other well, that's a challenging thing. Yeah, and I, you know, as a Swiss, we we have uh, about 8 million people in our country. So yes. not that many, you know, some of the big cities in the States have more. And uh, more than 1 million are foreigners. So, and plus we travel two hours by car or not even, and then people don't understand us anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of in our DNA that we know we have to adapt to somebody else. We have to always adapt or people don't understand us. And we like that. I mean, it's, uh, I think it's interesting. It's, it's an, a nice environment. I, I like that kind of environment. But I'd like to give you also a few examples why I think understanding cultures is so important. For instance, I've, I've lived in the States for almost half of my adult life. And um, just as an example, when you go to a restaurant in the States and when you have, when you're done eating, the waiter will get your plate basically when you still have the last piece of steak on your fork and you just put it and it's polite because they are observing, they see that you're done and they get your plate immediately. In Switzerland, for instance, they wait for a long time because they think they want to give you time and you should be all like at home and cozy. Same for when you ask for the check, it takes forever sometimes in Switzerland until they're bringing you the check. In the States, the check is here before you're even finished with the last uh, French fries. So when the American comes here, he thinks, wow, this is so unpolite. I have to wait forever yeah. until I get my dirty plate. And the Swiss goes to the States and thinks, well, this is so unpolite. They get my plate before me. I'm even done eating. Uh, another example, I was in China two, just before Corona, and we were at the train station, and we had to put our bags in an in a x-ray machine. And we were waiting in line. And as soon as there was a small opening, and we didn't immediately, immediately put our suitcase somebody else would put their suitcase. And we thought, yeah. how rude is that? We were before you. And in fact, in the, this culture, in the Chinese culture, it's just, there's an empty spot. Nobody's using it. So I'm going to put my suitcase there. And it wasn't an act of unpoliteness. Whereas if in Switzerland, somebody did that, it would be an act of unpoliteness. Or in Mumbai, uh, people are honking all the time their cars because they say, hey, I'm here. Be careful. If yeah. we the car it means i'm angry i'm honking get out of my way and so if you're not aware of those differences then you will you will think the other person is unpolite and it puts you in a negative mood towards that person and imagine you have to do business with that person mm -hmm. and you're already in a negative sense towards that person because you perceive them as as rude or unpolite 
just because they are coming from a different space where this is totally normal or it's even polite to honk the car because I'm showing I'm coming. I don't want to bump into you. And when you start to understand those things, it can totally change the relationship with how you work together with other people. And you can break it down to people level as well. Um, For instance, we have people who uh, have a history coming from countries from the east where um, you know in the cold war they had everything they lost everything because it was taken away from them so these people have a tendency to grab to what they have because it's in their history in their family in their childhood that they have lost everything and so they have a different behavior than somebody who's always had everything and is, is much more open to let go and, and once you understand that personality of people or of their culture, where they're coming from, I think it it opens up so many doors and so many possibilities for a better collaboration and, and better getting along with other people than if you're not aware of that. It, it helps come to and be with people in a more generous way, right? Um, because I mean, are there bad actors? Are there bad people? Are there people who are jerks and are out there trying to take advantage of people? Sure, there are. But most people are trying to do right by others or trying to be good people or trying to contribute or trying to help those around them. But there are significant cultural differences and perspectives and just worldviews and how you see the same things. Like you said, with in many Asian cultures, uh, it can be very frustrating to go anywhere and and feel like everyone's cutting in line all the time. I'm like, well, yeah. they're not cutting in line. They, they, that whole concept is foreign to them. Um, yeah. And and so you just went, you know, when in Rome, uh, you you start to do the same thing, right? And and mm-hmm. if you notice, you know, I'm at an American airport, and there's someone who's doing that, and they're you know Asian origin. I can assume they're jerks, or I can say, oh, maybe. They have a different perspective on things and I can give them the benefit of the doubt and not jump to conclusions and not kind of get upset, which frankly doesn't harm them in any way. It just kind of ruins my day. So I might as well be generous and and try to give people the benefit of the doubt and be as gracious with them as I can be. And I think it's, it's one thing when it's a chance encounter with someone like in a line at a airport or at a train station or, you know, getting your check at a restaurant. These are relatively minor little uh, interactions and you don't really see the person ever again, whatever. But when you're working with people, you're working with them day in and day out. You're part of a team. You're dealing with all sorts of challenges, trying to overcome those challenges to provide cool stuff out into the world, product services, or even internally within your company. You better be able to, to work with people effectively, which will require you to, to seek some understanding Understand yourself, understand those around you, understand where there's differences, not just cultural differences, but style differences, et cetera. If you can't do that, then you're just going to walk, not only are you going to be miserable because you're going to walk around just feeling frustrated and angry all the time, um, but nobody else is going to want to work with you because you're going to be seen as kind of a negative person and even a jerk yourself. Uh, we, We just have to get past that and be as generous as we can with each other and connect in meaningful ways. Absolutely. And you're totally right. I think there are some, there are people that are just bad people, but out of a thousand, it's probably 999 are good people. Yeah. Yep. Very few of those because nobody really wants to be, 
probably there's zero out of a thousand, really, frankly. When you are born, why would, should anybody be bad? So it's always from their history, um, something in their childhood, in how they, their experiences were. Probably nobody is a bad person to begin with. And I think you're right. So at the end, if you, uh, you can end up as being perceived as the jerk because you're in a bad mood because you always get angry because you, you don't understand what others are doing. So that's not satisfying for yourself. And second, most of all, it's not going to be um, helpful in being more productive in achieving the goals in your work life and for your company. And so I think also for leaders, it's super important that they get to know the background of the people that they're working with and of their coworker or of the people they are leading. So this includes knowing, you know, how, how did you grow up? What are your hobbies? What do you do outside of work? And um, I always ask those questions when, when, uh, when I have yearly or half yearly interviews, because I also find it genuinely interesting to know what are people doing outside of what when they're just sitting at the desk. And very often it's, you can open, it opens doors and people light up and <clears throat> helps you understand. And it's like you said, then it's the opposite. Both parties then feel yeah. like the other person is human. They, they have interests that maybe I don't have, but I find interesting and it helps you and it generates tolerance at the end of the day. If you have then a business problem where maybe you don't agree or you have different opinions, all of a sudden you, you're much more willing to accept that your opinion may not be the one that you have to push through, but you can accept the other one's opinion and it's okay because you have somehow a, somehow a common a common denominator, common knowledge of each other. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, always I, I find that's very helpful to find out not only about the business side of a person, even though you they're not friends. You don't go even if you don't go out with them to have a beer um, and you just meet at the workplace. But still knowing what they do in their private life and where they come from, I think it's it's very interesting and very helpful in in every way, every possible way. It takes very little also to have that conversation. It's not nothing complicated. So now the question is, what do you think about, you know, the role of leaders in this? Um, you, you know, every leader wants to have a wonderful, high-functioning, high-performance team. And if connection culture is so important, if you want to have a safe space where people can value and appreciate each other, what's the role of leaders to be able to create, sustain, and maintain that culture? Well, at the end, the role of every leader is to create a, a um, an environment where they're they are not needed anymore. They need to make it so that their job is, is becoming obsolete and they can go. Then you did a good job. If you surround yourself and you bring your people and educate them uh, so that you are basically not needed anymore, then you have done a good job. And um, we had, like you mentioned at the beginning, um, we just started our own podcast for learning and development um, people. And so I, I'm the first podcast with Michael Lee Stallard, he said something very interesting. If you want to have a connection, a connecting culture, 
the, the first thing you have to do is you have to find a foundation and connection in your own life. So um, if you want others to connect and be connected, you have to start being connected yourself. And so it, it, it boils down, uh, in my opinion, to leading by example. You know, so if you think others should be interested in, uh, in, in what they do, like what I said before, in their personal relationship, you have to be interested as well. You cannot just ask from, from others. And second, he said, never worry alone. So if there's a problem, discuss about it. Talk to other people, talk to your coworkers. Um, if you did a mistake, you know, talk to others, let them know how, be open, be, you know, forward going. And because then um, you're not, others can help you fix it. And, and he also said, have a group of friends, friends in a sense that are, that are almost like advisors to you, that can help you exactly when you, when you need advice, whether you should go left or right, um, that you don't have to do it all by yourself. So I think that's very important also for leaders. You, it's, it's no longer, here is the authoritative um, type of leadership. I think that is long, long gone. The world is too complex. There are too many things that you have to consider. You just can't know it by yourself. So I really believe there, I really believe in 99.9% .9 of the circumstances that one plus one is, is three. Um, yes. And that you have to live that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we need to model it as leaders. Uh, I think that's the most important thing we can do. Model a desire, you know, model the self-work that you are taking the time to understand yourself enough. Um, it's hard to really appreciate the differences in those around you and understand others if you don't first have attunement to yourself. So model that for your teams, model an inclusive workplace environment, a psychologically safe environment model genuine interest for your team members and their different perspectives and backgrounds and encouraging people to contribute and even challenge the status quo model all of that for your team that will create an, an environment where others will then feel more free to do the same thing uh, and you can even actively encourage others uh, who might be a little bit shy or a little bit uncertain about stepping forward and and, and asserting themselves uh, there are ways you can do that in meetings and in other settings to make sure that different voices have a, a, a place at the table and can be heard. As you start to do that, that gives people more opportunity to, to connect in meaningful ways, to see each other in a positive, gracious light, uh, and to, uh, to to ultimately get to know each other and, and, and work better together. Uh, it all starts with the leader. Um, now, I will also say, I think everyone can be a leader in this capacity. So even if you have a team leader, you know, the, the, the manager over your team who doesn't really get this or doesn't fully buy into it or isn't invested in it, um, you at, can still have an informal role as, uh, as a you know, non-hierarchical leader in your team to be a team builder, to be a connector, to be someone who is, is fostering and promoting this kind of a positive environment. Uh, we all have an opportunity to contribute in that way. I think that's a, an important point you're mentioning um, because, you know, 50 years ago, you had a, a org chart and it was very clear who's the boss and who is below yes. the boss, below the boss of the, the one who's below the boss. Today, that's totally different because you have to deal with, um, with partners, you have to deal with clients, you have to deal with um, 
the providers, suppliers, co-workers, uh, freelancers, and very often, yeah, I have people come, yeah, we, I would like to have more also leadership function. And when you talk about what are all the people that they are already managing and leading, all of a sudden they see, wow, these are, these are a lot of people. And you have to also be, uh, you have to extend your leadership function, not only within the corporate walls, but it extends yeah. also to the outside. If you are, quote again, a jerk with your clients or your providers, well, that's not that's not good. You cannot just treat or try to treat people inside nice and be fair, uh, but then all the others who don't belong to your workforce, they are something else. That just doesn't work. So if we were coming back to the topic, connecting cultures, it means also connecting uh, different uh, cultures in the sense they are with in my company. They these are freelancers. These are providers. These are clients. Of course, clients come at the very beginning. You have to care about them and also include them in your culture, understand their culture. So yeah. that's very often a task, obviously, we have to do is understanding what is it really that they need? What is their strategic uh, need that they have? So we can give them exactly customized the right content in the right format so they can benefit from it and advance their company. This has just been a really great conversation. I know there's a lot more that could be said on this topic, but Patrick, it has been a pleasure. I know at the time I need to let you go here in just a minute. Before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Uh, I don't know if you post my email, so that would be fine. That's probably the best way to connect. Um, email is the best. I'm I'm not that much. You're super. You're super busy on LinkedIn and providing and posting a lot. I'm not as good as you are there. So the best way is probably email, or contact our company. Get abstract if you need. You know, if you have any um, learning needs for your people, um, we have wonderful new product. We call it Actionables, which really is a tool where we say this is really the tool, not just text, but author interviews feedback questions, has even a short meditation at the beginning. So the knowledge sticks to your brain. So if you're interested, contact us at GitAppStack, contact me personally, I'd be happy to talk to you about that. Wonderful. Patrick, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Patrick and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. you enjoy the human capital innovations podcast enjoy ad-free listening by going to the patreon page and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level and please leave a review thank you for your support thanks again for joining us for this episode of the human capital innovations podcast I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.